Ignition sequence start. Five, four, three, two, one. Since the beginning of time, man has peered into the night sky and wondered, how do I get there? It's the Realm Rocketry Podcast with your host, Brennan Thompson. So, I see here on, let's see, so you had a drag race between upscale deuces wild with, looks like, multiple cameras, multiple figures, and stuff like that, and so that's two rockets, multiple cameras, and you got a great shot. How did you do that? So, as I mentioned, probably practice, because, so, so I, so deuce means two, so that that was the idea for the drag racing two of them. So 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 the other thing with the Deuce is Wild, it's actually a cluster of two motors that that let you light at once. So so over time, I've gotten better with with clustering. So you know, I could get the two the two motors and or all four motors kind of to get to go off at once. So that, that yeah, that's a, yeah, cl- clustering topic. That's that's probably a topic for another interview sometime. Yeah. But but I do I, I do mention I I did submit a sport rocketry. Or article on the uh, the, tr- the camera trigger i don't i don't think it's come out yet oh well i'll have to check that out. i'll definitely send my listeners to it when that comes out so are you ever gonna make your like is your is your trigger is the article have like the information on the trigger like how you build it and that kind of thing or is it just like an overview kind of thing it's kind of the overview and features, but I, I do. I, I thought about trying to market it, but the 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 lower board is forty bucks, and that mm. you know that would make the overall price point kind of too high, I think, to really market. But I I do have the schematic diagrams and source code up on a Git repo that you know people can pull down if they want to build it. All right, I'll definitely link to that in the show notes. So I can see like. On one of the figures, also, there's a photo of the rocket, one of the Deuces Wild figures, and it's it says August 2020. It's the Cesaroni like, I-180 skid mark motor, so it looks like the rocket's a little bit off straight. So have you used that kind of photo stuff in order to... Well, I mean, I know the way stability on Deuces Wild work, but have you used that kind of photos in order to improve like your stability in that kind of... Like thing like rocket performance and that kind of thing. So have I used the photography to kind of improve the rocket performance? I I, I probably haven't done much of that. Yeah. Yeah. Some sometimes when I'm in a hurry to set things up, the ground cameras, especially the GoPros, they're they're kind of sideways, so it makes them look <laughs> like they're going out of the side of the frame. That that's kind of accidental, but and, and I haven't oh, okay. got into like. I haven't like got into like Photoshop or tools to kind of straighten that out or whatever. But oh, really? So, so what do you use for editing? I just crop the photos pretty much, and it, occasionally I'll tweak the exposure. But I have enough cameras and enough photos that I don't need to do a lot of fancy editing to get the kind of the good ones that I need. So, would you you mention how you sometimes actually put your GoPro on the side? So, would that be a better thing for some types of rocket flights, or would you want it to always be the other way? Yeah. So, you kind of want it to be the the long axis of the frame should align with the, the rocket. So, so, yeah. So that means turning it on the side. I, I should have been more precise. <laughs> you know, getting it at, at an angle that's not straight up or on its side. So it's it's a little bit tricky to get 
the GoPro on its side without it tipping over. So, you know, you can get these these tripods with kind of wobble with kind of gooseneck legs that you can bend. So that's but sometimes, as I mentioned, you know, there's all this stuff to set up. So sometimes things get in a hurry and I don't get them set up really well or whatever. But. Yeah, so are you using just the raw film from GoPros, or are you also triggering them? No, the GoPros, I just turn on in advance and let them roll, and then, then I'll edit them to uh, kind of crop them down, you know, uh, hmm. tr- trim them to so you don't have to watch them, so you don't have to wait five minutes before the the, the interesting the launch. Comes. Yeah. So would you, like, would you recommend to people who are trying to get that kind of look that that kind of camera would give you, would you recommend GoPros, or would you recommend something more, like, off-brand? So I... I Probably recommend the the GoPro if you can afford it. I I got a couple off brands and they just well they were really cheap off brands but they just really didn't work work very well and it wasn't kind of worth the money. Again, you can get you can kind of get used GoPros a model or two back. They're they're a lot cheaper than the the kind of the bleeding edge new ones. Oh, the other another tricky thing about GoPros as well as the rockets on the side of the camera that they're they can kind of shut off if it gets hot. So if you're in, you know, Texas or California or a hot climate, you have to be really careful without them kind of overheating. Okay, so I really like one of these photos here. It's a photo of the... Well, let's actually let's talk about one other thing first. So you have, like, an articulating arm pass up. Does that, like, actually move and stuff? Yeah, so it, it has an arm that can kind of it's it, it was actually taken from a lamp, you know, one of those mm-hmm. desk lamps that in so I made that to kind of hold the sensor. As I was I was saying I re, I was really trying different things to kind of be able to move the sensor around yet keep it fixed once I got it kind of into position. So, how exactly are you positioning the sensor? Like, are you trying to make it so it's right by the smoke trail or are you trying to make it like a little off so it doesn't melt or anything? Yeah, so let's see. That sensor was I was trying the the photo diode on the on the on the the uh, what do you call it on the fin. So yeah, and unfortunately it 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 does put the sensor kind of right in the exhaust gas and the you know the the, the acid from the the hydrochloric acid of the rocket motor will will kind of it, it has a short you know you have to it, it's kind of expendable over you know over a year or whatever you have to build, hmm. rebuild it so that that's so that's what's nicer about like the sound sensor you can put like 10 or 15 feet away and keep it out of harm's way of the exhaust yeah so are the sound sensors more of like an expensive thing or are they kind of like the same price so the sound sensor is it's like 15 bucks from Sparkfun but there, there's I, I I had to find so, some sound sensors didn't weren't found fast enough, but they they had one, and I don't have the model off the top of my head that was was fast enough. That was really fast. Hmm. So so let's see. So you need a, so you're saying you need a sound sensor. You have a LoRa radio. So what else do you have for your sound setup? Let's see. So if you were doing this on your own, yeah, you could you could just do a you could just take the the lower the feather lower radio, the SparkFun sound sensor, and and then you you have to build a a circuit on one of the output pins to trigger the camera through the the camera remote. But that's that's kind of all there is to it. Really, that's it. Well, I added yeah, I I wanted to play with different sensors, so I put lots of different sensor. Mm-hmm. 
inputs on and I figured well I might want to trigger something else so I have an output so and then and then I on, on my system I built like a, a button that'll it'll actually pull the other nodes so you can make sure that they're in communication ring uh, range and then I, I also made like a manual override mode so you could just plug in a foot switch and not and not fuss with a sensor so right mm -hmm. right at the bottom of countdown you could just push the foot switch and it'll trigger the cameras yeah so do you have anything that you have any plans or anything like that to hook up to your ignition system in order to like do photos and that kind of thing so I did, as I mentioned, I did, I did experiment with the different sensors, and there's a, there's something called a Hall sensor, which senses electric current. Hmm. And if you put the the launch wire through the Hall sensor, you can use you can use that as a trigger. Although it 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 can go, it can trigger it triggers when the current when not on continuity, but as soon as you push the button, it's going to trigger, mm -hmm. which is actually a little bit in advance. So you know if the rocket takes a long time to go up to pressure then you're going to be pretty early so how do you get rockets how do you get rockets in the air like that kind of shot where you're not showing any launch rods just mainly moving the camera in practice and that kind of thing yeah pretty much and and as i say that having having the burst of shots the the continuous shooting you can usually you usually can get a frame if you if you press the, the press the the burst right at the end of the countdown. You can usually get a good you know with five frames a second or more or seven seven or more is even better. You can usually get one right at the end of the launch rod. And that makes it. I mean, honestly, I can't really tell that that photo would be somewhere near the launch rod. So that makes you can almost be like this rocket went two thousand feet and here's a photo of it there. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's see, what would, like, so let's just say you start off with your iPhone, what would your, what would, like, your next logical step be after using your iPhone for photography? Yeah, it would probably be getting a, a, a DSLR camera, or you could get the, if you, if you like the videos, you could get a, you know, get a GoPro then and put it at the base of the rocket, so. So, what was, what's your favorite, like, angle to capture a video from so like you, from the ground or from on board or from pads and from like the launch pads so i definitely like getting kind of right below the rocket and pointing right up it with you know with you know vid video cameras have a pretty at least the gopro has a pretty wide field of view and it makes for really stunning shots the thing is with with like smoky sam motors you can't get it too closer. It's just going to be covered in smoke. You have to be kind of mindful about what kind of motor you. And of course, you don't want it right under the rocket, or the the, the blast contrail is going to destroy the camera. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's kind of a balance there between kind of nudging it up really close versus getting it too close that it's going to get damaged. So, yeah. Um, have you ever gotten it so close this gun damaged? I I haven't no, but I know people I know people that have so yeah. So with night launches, what I've heard at least is if you have like, if you do the right settings, you can get some like, good like one shots with like the smoke trail. If it's like a lighter motor and a rocket on top of that, have you ever done that kind of thing at like a night launch or something? So I I have to confess I I've I've not mastered night launch photography so it, it's yeah usually you'll probably want a tripod and put it like on a, a bulb mode where you know that you you hold the bulb open for a couple seconds but 
it's tricky to get the the light level set right because you're just gonna have you, you can't rely on the meter settings. You kind of have to experiment with the settings. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really gotten great night shots, although. I've gotten some really, really nice shots kind of at dusk at the end of the day when things hmm. are just starting to get dark. And that, can, that can make – because then all the sparks from the motor show up, and that, that's yep. pretty stunning. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple deuces shots late in the afternoon. But it, as I was mentioning practice, I, I've still got to practice some more at the, at the night shots. Yeah. So – Let's see. So you obviously have done a lot of rocketry photography, and you have a lot of knowledge. So if you're if you're talking to someone who has a lot of knowledge and that kind of thing, what would you say the next step is for someone like you in photography? So the next thing is something called pan tilt zoom. So you put the you, you build a servo mechanism that in a that, that'll make the rocket that'll that'll rotate the camera to follow the motion of the of the rocket and you can do this like using it's you can use like a video sensor and some kind of like open cv or some video library and kind of extract the the frame of the rocket and then try to track it as it goes forward and then control a servo to move the camera so that's that's kind of the next that's the next thing i want to do Hmm. So, you mentioned lenses. So, what kind of lenses do you recommend for people? Yeah, probably a good telephoto, probably 70 to 200 millimeter range is a good good one for a rocket photography. So you can be back at the flight line, and uh, and then as I mentioned, if if you you can have like a a 35 millimeter wide angle if you're going to put a camera camera really up close to the rocket and point it you know like 20 feet away or something like that. So, let's see. So, how many cameras do you think you need to get a high level of quality? Or is it not cameras, is it skill? It's certainly, with one camera, you can get great shots. And I, I know there's, yeah, I know there's a professional, there's this guy, Jim Wilkerson, and he's a professional photographer, and he does a lot of rocket photographer. And he just often just uses one camera. And then he also has a remote camera set up as well, he uses sometimes. Yeah. Have you ever investigated doing like the live from the camera on the rocket kind of link thing, or is that not really something you've done or investigated? I know I haven't personally done it. I, I know people have done it, uh, especially yeah, some of the, the college teams did it in, with their IREC competition rockets. So the yeah, the, the challenge there is having a high kind of bandwidth, the radio link to get the the video feed down. So that's I, I'm. Personally, I'm just happy to get the. I've, I've been satisfied just to get the the video after this flight, so yeah. that's never really perked me. But that you know, so that's an interesting thing to try to play with, I guess. How big are your SD cards, and do you have like 12 million SD cards? I do have so like a 32 megabyte or a 64 megabyte SD card will work. Getting getting a better getting a good quality SD card will help with the uh, the continuous shooting yeah you don't want to get yeah you, there, there's some that are kind of optimized for high speed digital writing and those are the ones you could you don't you yeah you don't need to, you don't need too big a capacity like i say six usually 32 megabytes is is probably pretty good for and assuming you download the pictures after every launch so. yeah so, so 
what do you think is the most, besides the camera, what do you think is the most helpful tool you can use for cameras and rocketry? Probably a tripod. So, you know, you can, and a good, not, not the really flimsy one, but kind of a heavy duty one, because I, I had a camera on a flimsy one and damaged a lens. So, you know, a good heavy duty kind of video, you know, you can just get off of Amazon or whatever. And then yep. you can also, when you're starting out, you can kind of put the uh, loose in the head of the video or, or the uh, the tripod with the DSLR and you can just kind of tilt it with the hand you know pan it with the handle that 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 helps too mm -hmm. with the tracking yeah so so let's see we're gonna figure out how real a photographer you are not just kidding but <laughs> actually do you use any auto settings so I, I used to use auto setting but I found sometimes it wouldn't it would it would kind of select a shutter speed that was too slow. So I always either use a sports mode or, as I mentioned, use the uh, the camera setting in the uh, the shutter priority mode. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of settings. That's my thing. It's just to, yeah, see. Is there anything particularly you want to say? Let's see. As I, as I mentioned, uh, yes. Yeah, so, so in the settings, yeah, I mentioned... Yeah, the, the there's just a couple key ones: the shutter priority, the continuous shooting, and the and the manual focus. Those are probably the three kind of biggest ones to, as a starting point. So I, I again I I just recommend you know people shooting rocket photography. It you know practice makes you better. So and don't get discouraged at first. You gotta as I as I say I got a lot of duds starting out, but you know over time you know I got more practice and they got better. So just keep at it. All right. Well, I do have one more. Well, actually, I have a couple more things to ask. But you have these giant rockets, and by the way, your rockets look amazing. I have, don't have those skills in painting and decal mate making. Maybe we'll, that'll be a separate podcast someday. You have a ton of big rockets. I mean, let's see. You said you have, like, your Urkel. I don't know how many you said, but you have a lot of big rockets. You have a lot of cameras. You have lots of camera gear. How big is your house? Like, how do you how do you store all this stuff? Well, I have a I have a crawl space under the under the one side of the house that I put a lot of stuff in. So I have a lot of bins in the basement. Yeah, so, so I, I'm Trying to scale down just a little bit because you know my my wife wants to retire and and uh, you know certainly trying to cut back the the rocketry budget a little bit. So the the mid power rocketry you can you can do a lot of you know with a kind of GH kind of range motors. I've, and then that's more amenable to kind of small fields which we have here in Massachusetts. So I, I've kind of you know, trying to phase out of the bigger ones a little bit and kind of get more into the uh, the mid power, and that, it also takes a lot less space too. Yeah. Are so, you? So the, Go ahead. Oh, uh, there's there's a trick on the painting. So I, I'm I'm terrible actually with finishing the rockets, but I do it good enough so that ten feet away it looks really good. <laughs> you, so maybe this time you're looking for maybe like I don't know 300p instead of 8k. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. For a distance, I don't really. See, yeah, I mean, those rockets look pretty good from a distance, and yeah. But honestly, yeah, if, you look, I, if, you, if you look up close, they're pretty ugly. So let's see. They're pretty rough on the head. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I could do swirl patterns yet, but I mean, actually, isn't it just like doing a bunch of masking and stuff? 
Yeah, it's just it's just a Jim Fliss published a mask with his Deuces Wild kit, and so I I just take like cardstock and copy the the pattern onto that and cut it and just just tape it on. So I used like a Rust-Oleum spray paint, you know, put a nice primer on and then just use the Rust-Oleum and with the template first and I can you can also do kind of spot, you know, just by like holding an old piece of cardboard up beside an edge, you can you can kind of fix a spot. So how do you your like colors you paint your rocket influence your photos? Let's see. I I don't think it influences it too much actually because hmm. the, the rockets are so small definitely you know the brighter colors are easier to track by eye certainly so maybe it helps out with tracking them so do you just record stuff on the way up or do you also record stuff on the way down so i've found i don't take a lot of pictures on the way down it's just just seeing a parachute is is not as interesting some sometimes you can actually, it helps with recovery of the rocket if you can take pictures right before it lands, if it's like going in a cornfield or mm-hmm. something, and, you know, it can help line it, you know, get a bearing line to it um, afterwards. So, you have a lot of lenses, I'm sure, because you have a lot of cameras. So, do you, like, have a lens dry box or anything to keep your lenses in good Well, I don't have too, too many lenses, actually. I, I, I have, like, a Pelican case with, you know, kind of foam in it for shipping the rockets around, but that's about it. Hmm. So, so, so you mentioned you have like a 3D printed mount for your camera, so let's just start with the material. What material are you using for that? So I I use PETG for all my rocketry parts. So yeah, I find the PLA can can kind of melt in sunlight, so I use, use PETG. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I've actually, I have a 3D printer as well, and I actually used to think that something like a PETG or ABS was stronger, but at least on impact strength, PLA is actually the strongest filament in terms of not impact strength. So that was something I found that really surprised me, and like, definitely the sun, though, because if every, if your, if your entire setup just melts, that's not going to help you very much. Yeah, although yeah. I've heard, I've heard the like there's a professional pet G that that's much more heat resistant. I haven't played with that personally, but there's some better grades of pet G that are much much. Yeah, like you say, you get a good impact strength with the pet G. Yeah. So, what 3D printer do you have? I have a I have a Prusa printer, and then I I had trouble with the getting blobs, and it would kind of wreck the head. So. I actually bought a an E3D Hermesia upgrade, and that's that that prints amazing quality. Hmm. So do you have a Mini Plus, or is it the i3 or the i2 or something like that? I mean, sorry, the i I mean the Mark II or Mark III. I just have the MK3, and I I just have a single printer, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, those printers I've heard are pretty nice. So do you have anything you use to store your 3D printer filament in that keeps it dry and stuff like that? That's a good, interesting question. I, I don't, but I, I probably, my son actually bought me a dryer, but I haven't haven't played with it too much. I do I do have the printer in an enclosure, and that <laughs> that kind of helps. Yeah. My issue, I had like some issues with water and stuff, so now it's just like by a dehumidifier. Yeah, see. So... For anyone listening, this is going to be a question we ask one on this podcast. And just so you know, this isn't a question in terms of best. This is like what you use most often and that kind of thing. And some people may say, uh, not another question about this, but what is your favorite glue? 
What's my favorite glue? This is this is like a religious war or something. Yeah, so you have to be careful with that question. So I'll probably say I don't want to weasel out of the question, but it is on the the application. But I like I like rock epoxy a lot. It's you know it's nice and thick, pretty easy to use, easy to mix up. So mostly that's that's my kind of go-to glue. I'll also use this kind of epoxy resin sometimes as glue, or I like JB Weld for the the high you know the motor mounts where you can get mm-hmm. some temperature. You know, putting the, the what do you call it the retainer ring on. Yep. You use type on three. No, I haven't tried that. Well, there you go. No one needs any... Just to note to everyone, don't come after anyone on this podcast because of their highly religious opinions on glue. (laughs) (laughs) I prefer if no one murdered any of my guests. Alright, well, I'm pretty sure that's almost it, unless you have anything else. No, that's all I can think of. Thanks for the interview. It's been been fun. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. We'll hopefully see you again at some point. You're open to coming on the show anytime you want to. Oh, thanks. Okay. Yeah, well, thank you everyone for listening, and we'll see you later on the Realm Rocketry podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and also thank you to Curtis for allowing me to interview him. It was a great interview, and also to everyone listening, if you would like to help us grow the podcast, then you can help us. You can actually go tell somebody about our podcast, the number one way you can help us grow. So, until next time, remember, what could go right? Safety third! Bye, everyone.